always give yourself something to look forward to. Something. You know, there's, I was talking about uh, a, a while back with my wife, and you know, we were, we were discussing how our life can sometimes reach into the mundane and reach into those, those times where, you're, where you do not have newness or excitement upon you whatsoever. It's, it's really gray, it's really bleak, it's mundane, it's the same every day. Don't do that. <laughs> I mean, you need to know what it's like to do that, to know that you don't want to do that. Trust me, I, I've been there. It's kind of like pushing something to the limit and going past that limit so you know where the limit really is, right? We do it with people all the time, don't we? I mean, especially when we were teenagers. Nowadays, I don't, I don't care to know anybody's limitations. But anyway, like, uh, some people... And, and you need to realize this, that this is a really good idea. <laughs> I don't practice it, but I really should start practicing this. Is some people live vacation to vacation, and by the time they are jumping off the plane from their current vacation, they already have their next one planned. And it's not that far down the road, right? Imagine that. Imagine... And, and trust me, I know a lot of us don't do this because, you know, we're homesteaders. We, we have a farm. We're trying to enrich ourselves. We're, we're, we're sustaining. We're healthy, very healthy eaters. And we're very, um, how do you say, kind of locked down where we're at. But exploring that next possibility on our homestead, right? So... Always have yourself something to look forward to. And some of you are not into vacationing. You just love being home. But by the time you get a project done, you need to have your mind on that next one, right? Maybe that's what trips your trigger. Welcome to Bologna Farm. Give yourself something to look forward to. Um, a couple of tidbits here. Uh, you, you may not be hearing podcasts on this platform quite as often coming up. Uh, I guess I, I was trying to think the other day, you know, I'm kind of, I've always got something because we have animals and we've got the farm and we've got weather approaching and, and all this stuff going on on the farm here. But, uh, you know, I, I, I put out a new podcast here and, and my very first episode airs today, uh, Sunday the 12th of November at noon, and it's called Bucks and Bales. Um, I, I, I did do it on this same, same website that I'm doing it right now, Spotify for Podcasters. Um, I just have a different login and a different email. You know, you can't have more than one account per email with Spotify for Podcasters. So I'm going to be trying to um, do a totally different uh, uh, forte of podcasting, if you will. And it's, it's, it's about hunting and target archery because it's something I'm very passionate about. Um, I'm still passionate about the homesteading thing and, and, and still farming and all that and, and, and what our brand is here and what we're doing. 
but uh, I wanted to reach into something that I've, I've been very passionate about for, oh, jeepers, I, I suppose in the, in the neighborhood of 26 years. You know, something that I've been doing, and, it's, and, and this time of year it takes a hold of me and it just grips, you know. And uh, hunting and target archery is something that, that I've just been very into for, for like I say, the last 26 years. And, and um, it, it's, it's, not, it's not about, if you, if you think about hunting and target archery, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm not going to be the kind of guy that's, that's sponsored by so-and-so and I talk about big bucks all day and this, that, and the other thing. It's, it's not going to be about that. It's more going to be about archery and your journey and your life going with it, you know. Because in your archery journey, you know, I mean, people can, can learn a lot about themselves in archery and, and, and how your life is going directly reflects as to how your archery is going. And, and those of you that do that, you know exactly what I'm talking about, <laughs> especially if you shoot a lot. But uh, yeah, those of you that are homesteaders, you know, I, I, I still got this podcast going. I do not plan on giving it up anytime soon, but you may see uh, episodes uh, a little more distant apart, if you will, you know, every few weeks or once a month. Um, that's just kind of how it's going. And if you have any subject matter that you want to research, just go back on the 8 billion episodes that I have and go back there and listen to it. You know what I mean? Um, come springtime, I have a whole boatload of epi- episodes about uh, getting chicks and gathering in springtime. I have a bunch about the heat in the summer, the cold in the winter, and what we're dealing with on a daily basis and a seasonal basis. But uh, this new podcast, it will be something where I interview individuals. Uh, right now, I have two people that I very highly respect uh, lined up, if you will, um, to see if uh, I, we don't have it scheduled yet, but I, I have both of them saying that they will take an interview, and it's two people that I really high re- highly respect in the archery world, and they're, they're not just archers and just hunters. Uh, these people are very, very successful individuals at their craft and, and in their in their careers as well. So, uh, yeah, I'm really excited about it. And uh, uh, Kelly and Kenny, if you do listen to this podcast, you know, I'm, I'm really looking forward to talking to you guys um, on my Bucks and Bales podcast here in the future. So, yeah. Yeah, uh, as, as it is, I'm at Valonia Farm right now. The dogs are out. Uh, the weather's beautiful. I got both wood stoves going, the one in the basement and the one in the upstairs. I will, however, tell you that uh, it's going to get warm today. And I'm not going to, um, I'm not going to uh, fill the wood stoves anymore. Uh, the neighbor's cow is out. He's got a, a, what I don't know what kind of cow that is. It's a real short-legged cow. Um, but anyway, it's out and it's on the road right now, out in front of our house. Luckily, we live on a gravel road in the middle of nowhere where nobody uh, wants to be. So, uh, that's, that's kind of nice. Um, but anyway, thank goodness we have good neighbors. Um, 
and uh, they're cows, and you know, eh, well, whatever. You know, sometimes they get out, sometimes they don't. Mine too. And it's not like your zipper's down, because that's when your cows are really out. Yeah. I don't know if that joke made any sense to any of you or not. But anyway, um, yeah, you know, I, last last time, our last podcast here, we were talking about how we got the deer and how the hunt went. Now I want to explain to you how I broke down those deer and butchered them. Um, you know, <laughs> I had that day after the hunt off. Okay, so I do that every year. Um, there is no guarantees when you hunt. So you don't know if you're gonna need that day off necessarily, or if you're gonna need to unpack, but uh, it, it was a real cold day. So I had to let it warm up outside. And with me having to let it warm up outside, I did some chores and unpacked and, and got a lot of stuff going here to make sure that I, um, you know, I, I just had, I, I was able to have a warm enough weather so I could get these deer butchered, you know. And it was two deer, which really isn't that much when it comes to butchering, but when you're doing it all by yourself, it takes a while, you know, because I like to take my time. I like to make my cuts. And let's be honest with you, I am not a butcher. I am not a professional at all. So, like... When I'm butchering a deer, I don't know how you guys do this or when you butcher an animal, but I take a lot of stuff and I take a lot of muscles and I separate them. And I'm like, well, this makes a nice roast. Okay, this goes over here. This stuff, you know, it's kind of, kind of doesn't have a lot of meat. It's got a little fat in it. Kind of, kind of got some, uh, you know, you know, ligaments, tendons, whatever in there. I'm going to put this over here and this is going to be ground up right and obviously you know I quarter them out you got your back straps you know and I always I always do those uh, and I always do those separately that's kind of a treat around our house uh, when we have bacon wrapped uh, back strap or you know I mean you could just even use back strap as like a roast it would be a very premium roast but uh, yeah you know you could cut them any or cook them any way you want you know um, and, and this year what I did, I, I saw somebody on the internet um, actually cut deer ribs, you know, and barbecue them and kind of treat them as if they were pork ribs. And I thought, well, you know, I mean, I know it's not going to taste like pork ribs, but I'm going to do this. You know, someday when I'm grilling and I'm just tooling around out here, I, I want to barbecue, you know, get some barbecue on there and grill some pork ribs. Or grill some deer ribs, I'm sorry. Um, my, my daughter's favorite food, and she gets it for her birthday and Christmas and, and you know, any special occasion every year when we celebrate my daughter. Um, she wants ribs. She just loves ribs. It's her favorite thing. So, you know, we go to the store, we get good ribs, or we, we have our own hog and we butcher our own ribs, and, and, and we get her some ribs. You know, I mean, that's what you do for your kids, right? So, thank God, you know, I mean, that's her favorite food. I mean, wait, heck of a lot better than, like, going to McDonald's and having a Big Mac, right? You know, all that processed, horrible food for you, which is exactly what I ate and coming home from my hunting trip. Sorry, guys. Anyway, uh, yeah, so, um, you know, we, we 
got her going here, and uh, I, I had a really good time butchering. So in one day, um, right before dark, I got I got the deer all broken down, all packaged up, everything, and I had a meat log, one of those LEM meat logs, um, a whole lug, which is, I don't know, 45 pounds of meat maybe, 40, 45 pounds of meat. <clears throat> I had a whole lug um, waiting to be ground. And I didn't have time to grind that day. So I thought, well, no big deal. We'll grind this tomorrow, you know. Uh, next morning, fast forward a little bit, uh, it snowed that night. And I had to go out snow plowing at, at 3.30 in the morning. So I got out, got snow plowing, got my stuff going and everything. And uh, uh, we only work eight hour days as of that week. So it was kind of nice. I, um, I took and uh, I got off work at 11.30. And meanwhile, I was talking to one of the guys at work and I started talking about my meat grinder and how it's got a, like the sausage stuffer in it and the and the uh, the brat stuffer, the meat stick stuffer, and all that stuff. And he goes, you know, if you can get natural casings and you can get like seasonings, you can go down to to Runnings, which is our local farm store, but they have a lot of butchering equipment too. And he said you can get all the natural stuff right there. So I did. I went down to the store that day before I ground anything because, you know, it's nice to only pull the meat grinder out once. And I got down there and I found natural hog casings. And I'm German, so of course I had to have bratwursts. So I got bratwurst seasoning and then I got um, spicy Italian sausage seasoning. And I got a lot, plenty enough casings to do the 40 whatever pounds of ground venison that I had. Uh, or venison that I was going to grind, I guess. So I got home, you know, and I, I uh, set up the, uh, the grinder and I ground it all. And I have an LEM meat grinder and it is a $900 meat grinder. And not everybody in the world needs a $900 meat grinder, and I probably don't need a $900 meat grinder, but man, when I use my $900 meat grinder, holy smokes, that thing grinds like you would not believe. It is insane. It doesn't even grunt. It just goes. And uh, that stuff comes out of there just as good as I want, you know? So. Really, really, really nice grinder, and I mean, I, I have no complaints. Um, fact is, you spend all that, it's kind of like a, a garden tiller for your tractor. You spend all those thousands of dollars on that garden tiller, but then, you know, the average garden, it tills in like five minutes. You know what I mean? So that's kind of the way I felt with this, this grinder. Um, it, it, it wasn't very fun, because you know, you. You, you grind it all in two seconds. So anyway, I got it all ground. But then this is where the $900 grinder really paid for itself. I put a, uh, a brat, um, I got the, the natural casings, and I put that on and I, and I twisted it. I watched a little YouTube tutorial on the natural casings, how to do all this. And it worked, it worked really good. And uh, I got it on there and I, I, I started, I, I mixed, half of the ground 
venison with uh, um, with some bratwurst mix and half of it with the Italian sausage mix. Now, key thing here, my wife rendered a pasture-raised hog's lard. Actually, I think she got two hogs worth of lard. And she has that rendered down and it's in half-gallon mason jars in our house. While I was grinding, I was putting that lard in with the, the, the venison, you know, to kind of give it something, you know. I mean, I don't get me wrong, I like venison tallow, but I really like pork tallow too. So, I mean, it wasn't necessarily tallow, it was actually lard. So my bratwurst have that pork lard in there. And that really gives it a nice uh, texture, you know, and it's really good stuff. So I got that in there, a half gallon with 40 pounds, it really isn't that much. But uh, I ground that all together and mixed that all together as well. And it worked out really good for my brats. But anyway, so I started doing the, the regular brats right away. And uh, one thing I didn't know was that when you're doing brats and they're coming out of the stuffing part of the grinder and you're stuffing through, um, you have to twist them the opposite way. And like most of the time on that first bunch, I was screwing it up and I was twisting them the same way. So when you're twisting them the same way, you're twisting the one up, but the other one behind you, you're untwisting. And I didn't know that. So that was something I learned. <laughs> in a good hurry so but then it didn't take long and I started twisting everything all the, the opposite way and it didn't really take long it, it, it was just fine after that um, so I got them all twisted everything's all nicey nice and all that and uh, I started packaging them now now ladies and gentlemen when you pack your own bratwurst you really gotta you really gotta use the old noodle right and I was thinking, you know, geez, you know, if I'm going to pack these brats, what quantity do hot dog or brat buns come in? Eight. Yes, eight. Have you ever seen hot dogs or brats sold in eights? Heck no, you haven't seen hot dogs or brats sold in eights. They want you to buy as much as one, more of one or more than the other. It's like they're in cahoots, you know. So, I took and put eight brats in every pack. I mean, there was a few odd packs, but those are the kinds that we just use for sauerkraut and Wiener schnitzel, you know. Anyway, so we got the brats in packs of eight. And I can buy my buns in packs of eight. Now, we make sourdough all the time, and I, I haven't had the audacity to ask my wife as to whether or not she would be able to make sourdough brat buns because her sourdough is way better than any of the bread that we buy in the store. But um, I haven't had that much audacity yet. Um, and, and boy, you know, if I ever get a chance, man, oh, I would just eat her sourdough day and night. I mean, we have roast beefs here. And I just can't get enough. I like roast beef, and I like the au jus sauce that we dip our roast beef in. But boy, when she brings that sourdough to the table, and then we make those just mayonnaise and mustard, and, and, and that, that roast beef sandwich on that, 
and then you dip it in, oh my gosh. I mean, it just makes you melt inside and it's such a good, yummy, nutritious meal for you. You know, especially that, that, that beef, beef that we raised, you know. So uh, we also have a lot of venison roast. We're gonna, so we're gonna be having a lot of that this winter. You know, definitely comfort food. Um, and you know, she makes it in the crock pot all day. She makes that roast. She puts red wine in there and all these seasonings. I, I would tell you what she does, but I don't know what she does, so I can't tell you what she does. So, you know, she does all this, and it is astoundingly good. You just wouldn't believe it. And, and uh, every time we have it, I'm, I'm just melting inside, and I just, I eat way too much every single time we have it. But, long story short, we're eating healthy, right? And uh, we're staying fit. Right, and, and, and we're doing our farming, we're getting our stuff done, and when butchering all this stuff, you know, uh, I have a lot of leftovers, and the chickens love it. You know, the fat, the, 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 the tendons, the stuff like that. Ch the chickens, I throw it in the yard, and they just love it. The dogs, I try not to give them any of this stuff because they overindulge. Uh, chickens, they don't care. They'll, they'll just eat what they need, and then they'll walk away. Um, but yeah, you know, I mean, it's, it's been really good uh, butchering these deer. You know, it took a good long while just because there was one person doing it. But man, let me tell you, I sure love this. And uh, it's been really good to me, and, and I just can't complain at all about, uh, about how the butchering went this year. The weather, you know, it wasn't too hot. There's not flies all over, you know, it was only 40 degrees. Um, and stuff like that so doing all this butchering you know with the with the very good nice weather that we're having and the very uh chilly weather not only that but also having the the garage where the wind wasn't there and there's no dust kicking up to getting on the meat and stuff like that you know that 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 was really nice too you know so when you're picking your butchering spots you know you kind of want to Get it so it's warm, but you're not gonna have flies, and you're not gonna have this and that and the other thing, you know, landing on all your meat and skinning and all that. You know, I mean, I've seen it where people shoot deer in the summer, and it's hot out, you know, or not in the summer, early fall, but it's hot out. So you gotta quarter that thing right away, and you need to bring it into the house and butcher it, you know, where there's not flies and stuff landing all over you. You know stuff like that so you know we're, we're extremely blessed that I shot those deer late in the fall and that the weather was perfect for it right so you know I mean weather is everything and geez you know I mean you got to really work your way around it um, but, you know and I try to do that with chickens too and that's why I was saying you know like in previous podcasts you know you see a lot of people butchering all their chickens and everything in July and August and all that, but uh, truth be told, I I like doing it this time of year. I like I like my November. You know, there's usually if you can get just a couple degrees above freezing, so your water's not freezing as you're using it for all your washing and stuff and rinsing. Um, you know, it, it, there's something to be said. You know, I mean, to be butchering in a refrigerated environment. You know what I mean? So, anyway, it's just something to think about, but you do you, and you do it in your own fashion. I'm not telling you how to do it, I'm just telling you how I do it. 
So anyway, thank you for tuning in today and God bless you. I, I really appreciate it. Um, if you're into, you know, uh, hunting and target archery, I'd really like you to go check out Bucks and Bales podcast. There's a picture of a deer on there. Uh, this, this podcast in no way really showcases me. It's showcasing the people that I interview. And I'd like for you people to, you know, maybe give it a listen. And, you know, maybe talk about, you know, listen to the people and listen about their archery journey and what they do. So it's just, just kind of a neat new thing. Uh, something, I'm, something I'm trying out, right? What, what can it hurt? What can it hurt? Uh, but yeah, like I said, if you want to connect with me, Ziggy underscore 519 at yahoo.com. Please send me your deer pictures. I would love that. Uh, Instagram. I suck at Instagram. So sorry about the whole Instagram thing. If you've been trying to connect with me on there, I, uh, I, I'm very, um, let's, how do you say, suck at Instagram. Okay, there we go. Anyway, thank you. And anyway, have a good one.